for coming back again. You have found me knee-deep in my 45th Indeed application for a job that I don't want, but there we are. So, I thought I'd do something a bit more fun and have a chat with Kaylee, an actor and singer who's performed everywhere from America to Australia, on top of the barricades, to giving Tina a run for her money. Also, if you can hear any noise in the background, it's my flatmate singing along to Come From Away, so it really is all go today. Anyway, let's hear what Kaylee has to say. Right. Shirts tucked in, heels together, standing to attention because this episode, Kaylee McKnight is with me. Kaylee, how are you doing? Hello, you make me sound like a soldier. <laughs> I know, I was sort of going for that lovely introduction for you. All the respect. How you been? All the respect. Yeah, fine. I mean, as fine as you can be when the world is slowly disintegrating yeah, yeah, around yeah. you. But I no, know, there's no. sort of, you know, a levels between, you know, normality and then COVID and sort of like how you're fitting in between that in terms of like, because it changes on a daily basis as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I started off this week on Monday because we're on Saturday now, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, Monday, I honestly was not okay. Like truly couldn't, didn't want to get out of bed, like felt like crying all day. I was on the verge of a panic attack because I struggle with anxiety and stuff. Yeah. And then like... But yesterday I had a really good day and like the week got better as it went on. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I just think life is so unpredictable right now and you just kind of have to ride the wave of it and just like sit in it yeah. rather than pretending it's not happening. Yeah, know? exactly. And I think everything's sort of, obviously it's a waiting game as well and nothing is set in mm. stone. So it's all a bit, everything's up in the air, sort of, you know, trying to juggle about nine balls, trying to sort of get things going or, totally. you know. Um, yeah. But in terms of sort of juggling during lockdown, what have you been doing to keep yourself occupied? Oh my God. <laughs> so I have, so obviously I actually had a job, like a day job in quotation marks, but I was doing marketing for a theatre company. Oh, cool. So my day job, I actually lost my day job, obviously, because it was in the arts still. Um, so even my like muggle job in quotation marks, that was kind of what was keeping me going at the very beginning of lockdown. But, but obviously everything that's gone on like I'm not needed anymore and I was freelance so I'm not been asked back so that's fun so I've basically been trying to scrape together work that I can so I've been doing some teaching online um I do some teaching for my friend Jodie's kind of theatre academy thing um I also do some online like digital marketing and social media for a couple of people at the minute which is quite fun because I always wanted to be my own boss and now I yeah, I didn't realise um, that was an avenue you were taking. I mean, sort of marketing and theatre, I think, is such a cool sort of in part of the industry. Yeah, and it's, it was actually like a really fun day job. I had loads of responsibility and, and um, it was stressful. But I, I was actually doing that originally. So um, uh, a couple of years ago when I was doing Tina, I was saving up to buy my house that I'm in now. And um, she's a homeowner, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah! <laughs> but the only like one of the main reasons that I've managed to get it was because I was working this marketing job in the day, as well as doing yeah, busy girl. My, my show at night. So you know, three days a week I was in the office going straight into a show at night, which was pretty intense. But um, yeah, where was I going with that? I don't really know. So I've been doing that for a while. So I guess 
I think, and I think I've been kind of looking into actually maybe getting real qualifications because I actually learned on the job and, you know, I studied business and marketing at school, but I never obviously did it. I didn't go to uni because I was at doing musical theatre, darling. <laughs> um, so I'm now kind of looking into whether maybe I should learn properly what I'm doing rather than, I know what I'm doing, but you know, when you're like, maybe I should get yeah. qualified and it might be an actual viable but especially if you've career. been you know you've obviously been doing well in it as well so yeah and oh, i actually right. enjoy it because it's a bit creative and you know as creative as it can be when you're sat at a computer just like making graphics for instagram but it is it is like you know but you want it you know I'm... you want it to be eye-catching you want it to be you know draw that draw the yeah. audience in so it's it's they're so important i mean um there have been sort of posters or marketing campaigns that have actually sort of killed shows um, oh totally you know yeah. they've sort of got a, i think one example is memphis i think a lot of people have said i think the marketing campaign sort of didn't help the show because a lot of people went I didn't know what it was about what is this about yeah and what is was, the show and i went and it was one of the best shows i've ever seen yeah i actually never saw memphis oh you missed precisely that. for that no but precisely for that reason i wasn't interested because i just didn't really know what it yeah. was about but uh, yeah, so I mean, it was nice. It was nice to start there, but then I've now been doing some marketing for a charity, and then I'm working with some individual people now as well for their businesses. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Great. So get to work with different people, but yeah, yeah. And then other than that, I've also been working on music stuff. So I've been really busy actually. But um, I'm I'm working with a label, like an independent label, on my own music and exciting stuff. So. Yeah, so I've actually been quite busy. Yeah, very I'm still proactive. Not, I'm, you know, still not making enough money to get by. <laughs> but like, you know, there's and things come up and that always helps. And I'm very lucky that I, I was working pretty consistently before this happened and I've managed to save. So I, I'm, I feel very, very, very lucky and grateful for the position that I'm in because I know that there are a lot of people that are in are in a much worse position than me right now. So it's um. Yeah, as much as I'm finding it difficult and, you know, I'm kind of scraping by, I am so lucky to be where I'm at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's sad to think that I feel lucky to be scraping by. But, you know, there are, you know? yeah, there are sort of worse positions to be in. So right. you know, I do, I'd sort of, I do understand your viewpoint. Um, okay. But like, it sounds like you've been very sort of productive during this time and, <laughs> You know, especially like the uh, the album as well that you've been working on, and yeah. which sounds amazing. But going um, pre-COVID, mm. in terms of sort of theatre productions you've been a part of, what what were they? Last year, I was on tour as a featured singer with Hugh Jackman on his World Arena tour. So this year has taken quite a turn compared <laughs> to like playing Hollywood Bowl and Madison Square Garden. And oh now my I'm like, god. Trying to do social media for personal trainers. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. I mean, I love, like, I've been saying, you know, uh, you know, in February I was I was doing a gig in Vietnam, and then they flew me business to LA, then they flew us business back, and bit like, and now um, I can't even scrape together a meal deal. You know, right. it's, it is uh, that though. It literally is that. Yeah. Like last year I was living that. It's funny though, isn't dream. it? You got to sort of laugh and, about it. Uh, totally, and I'm just like grateful that that was last year. And not this year. Yeah, yeah. Madison and Square Gardens, I didn't realize. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like the places what we played were, was so good. And obviously we went to Australia and New Zealand and all of Europe and everything. So yeah, that was obviously pretty awesome. Yeah, but um, I agree. 
And then before that, I was in the original cast of Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Yeah. Um, I did Jesus Christ Superstar at Regent's Park. Um, I was in Les Mis and I was in Bend It Like Beckham with you. Hello, <laughs> Bend It Like Beckham <laughs> alumni. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, before that, I was doing like profit share. So I did a couple of shows at the Union. Uh, I did a show at the Charing Cross. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice little venues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. I've been pretty busy. But So let's let's talk about Les Mis. I'm quite interested to know what do you find most challenging about, let's say, Les Mis, which is obviously it's very structured. Hundreds of people have been in the show, have been casting it before, will be casting it again. And it's a very iconic show. What do you think the difference is? of doing that sort of show compared to opening a show where you're creating a role like Tina. Right. Yeah, that's such a good question. And that's me done. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> no, that's such a good question. I think I think it depends on the show, but at Les Mis especially, they were very much like, yes, this this is the 31st company <laughs> of Les wow. Mis or whatever year it was. You know, but you know, you're allowed to make this role your own. So, yeah, here's the blocking, but like how do you want to play it? You know, actually, I think we were very lucky that they were so flexible with us and allowed us to do that. But like you say, you are kind of confined to the original blocking and, you know, you can't find your way with new stuff. So you have to like, I don't know, just find your moments to make it your own. And you can have those moments, I think, in a show like Les Mis because it is such an ensemble focused show. Everyone is on stage all the time. If you've done playing your part as Fontaine, you're then an urchin on the barricade, you know? Everyone's mucking in, so everyone's input is important. So I think for a show like Les Mis, actually, it's like the best show to go into as a recast. Um, but then in, in another sense, like for example, Bender Like Beckham, and I was a swing, so whether slightly different, maybe more Tina, like whatever I did, you know, was like, great you've made that role now well done like do you know what i mean yeah Which is but especially so cool. with maybe not beckham because obviously that didn't go anywhere in terms of a second yeah. cast but tina obviously they're they're probably into what third their third cast now third cast and they're on broadway as well you know <laughs> Which is so, insane. but that's that role that you created is going to be replicated throughout yeah. the next cast which is obviously a you know you should be very it's proud so of cool. that yeah, I mean, and also, like, obviously, I think some of it's been changed, actually, since the first cast, because they, they reworked some stuff on Broadway. But, <laughs> Kaylee's yeah, track like, was like, so bad, we just need to change it all. All of Kaylee's track, <laughs> let's just get rid of her. <laughs> to be fair, no, to be fair, though, my track in Tina, if anyone saw it, because I was covering, like, the only other white female role in the show, yeah. I kind of, like, stood out, really. So they just kind of kept putting me in the background of all these random scenes. So I would just... Just where you belong. Be, like, right at the back. But no, I'd always just randomly, like, appear in a music studio, like, bringing on a chair or, like, just in a cafe, like, just sitting down. Like, why? But I, whoever is playing that role now... Whether they be in New York or in London, I hope you enjoy your oh, I hope eight million cameos. An American, a you know, actress, <laughs> you know, making her Broadway debut, going, oh, I didn't expect this. Bringing on I a chair. Like, but honestly though, they, I remember costume and wigs said to me that I had the most quick changes and wigs after Tina. Oh wow! My, okay. my track because I was in so yeah, many yeah. scenes. Oh, oh, Kaylee Kay can do that. Kaylee can bring on that chair. <laughs> no, it, it literally was like that though. So I'm like, my legacy is. Kaylee the cameo in yes. <laughs> but yes and so. you're owning it as well which are you know right. which is good to see 
oh my god I loved it it was I you had to laugh because yes. I used to say to friends that came to watch I was like grab a drink anytime I'm in the background of a scene of a scene you've got a drink you're you've playing a drinking games with your friend yeah. oh my god I was like come on guys I was like if you're gonna come see me in my ensemble track you've got to you've got to love it like oh it was god. like anytime I'm in a new wig anytime I've got a new outfit on You've got to have a drink because Kelly, I I've just truly... got this image of like you walking out a stage door and like your mates absolutely <laughs> wasted seeing you. Precisely yeah. what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good though. And it was not, and it's like you said, it's like really cool to create something that's, you know, completely new and amazing to be a part of that process. Same with Bendit actually, like just le- like learning a show that no one's ever heard before. That's so exciting. To be able to present something to the public that has never been seen before, um, you know, football on stage. Who knew? Uh, but do you know what I mean, though? It's like cool to be able part of. Well, they say thing. on stage, Kelly, but the amount of times the uh, your <laughs> headers went into the, uh, into the stalls, <laughs> I babe. I know. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Come back. To be fair, but, I was, um, I was calling, yeah. and I, you know, sort of like LXQ50 <laughs> go, LX Martin. The balls in the stalls again. Balls in the stalls. <laughs> Kaylee's booted it off stage. <laughs> That's so interesting that, you know, the the excitement about opening, obviously, a new show, but then also there's an excitement about doing Les Mis and being part of that legacy and, you know, but still finding, like, the nuances in in your track as well. There is nothing, and I'm sure anyone that's been in a show like Les Mis or Phantom or any of those, like, long-running shows, there is truly nothing like the first night you get to sing, like, One Day More or at the end of the day, and you hear that music that probably is ingrained in you since you were a kid or a teenager or whenever you started listening to musicals you know it was for me I still remember that first show being like oh my god yeah I'm in they miss yeah no definitely. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's sunk in until that point so yeah I mean I I'm very lucky to have done both um and yeah it's not lost on me at all no that's great so, yeah that's cool there's sort of obviously ups and downs in acting and, you know, between the shows that you've been in, you've had downtime in order to audition mm. and you've done other jobs. And I, I sort of feel you're quite an advocate for not being embarrassed about having a side hustle. Um, oh, yeah. So what are some of the other jobs that you've um, done? I I'm always say this to my friends, like I'm a huge, huge believer in temp work. So I tend to, as soon as I'm coming to the end of a contract, register with a temp agency like a month before I finish. And then I've worked at so many random places. Yeah. I did, you know, I've worked as a receptionist at Hedge Fund. I've worked, um, I worked at ABRSM, you know, the music exam board. Oh, yeah. And I ended up being in charge of all the inquiries for Malaysia. I was like, I'm a temp, but okay. <laughs> um, I'll give it I've, a go. You know, I've, I've done the call center thing. I've done promo. I've taught. I used to work for a private healthcare company for a year coming out of drama school. I came out of drama school and didn't do anything for 18 months. So I worked for a private healthcare company for a year, like a proper full-time job. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I've obviously was doing marketing for this theater company. I kind of lost track on all the temp jobs I've done, but I've done a lot. Um, and I'm not, like you said, like I'm just one of those people. There's no shame in having a side hustle. There is no shame in doing your day job and also being like, yeah, but I'm an actor. I think a lot of people as well, like when they do other jobs are kind of afraid to say like, I'm an actor because they're, then people are like, oh, I roll, oh, you're an actor, are you? But yeah, like this is just part and parcel of it, I think. And I've always done it this way and it makes me happy. And I kind of enjoy, it sounds so lame, no, I kind, of en- I kind of enjoy doing the nine to five 
a bit because it's such a different lifestyle from what we do in theatre that I kind of enjoy being like, oh, okay, I'll go to the office. And then on a Friday at 4 p.m., we all go to the pub and like, I don't know, it sounds so late. I mean, no, of course. I mean, who doesn't want to be in a pub at 4 p.m.? Because that's 4 p.m. is normally when you're traveling into work anyway. So, you know, to get to the show. It's kind of nice to like live that other life because I think, you know, as as creative people, especially theatre actors where you're constantly not available at night or at the weekends you can't go to socialize with your normal in quotation mark friends right who work their nine to fives wait you have friends nine to five i don't think i know anyone no other friends (laughs) shut up (laughs) i do actually have friends (laughs) but no it's nice to just where do you find them <laughs> I just grab people off the yeah, street. I'm yeah, like, you look cool. Will you be my friend? I'll see you in Weatherspoons tonight. <laughs> you joke, but Shakespeare's <laughs> head in Hoven yeah. last wait, twenty eighteen took a real hammering from me and my <laughs> colleagues when I went to the fair company. But um yeah, I, I I've always enjoyed doing having the other life and you know, because I think also like theatre can be really tiring and you know, emotionally draining and Sometimes it's nice to just do a job that is mildly less stressful and more relaxed to your attempts, so there's no pressure. Um, yeah. You say that, apart from, you know, the Malaysian government. Uh, I on mean, the, uh... <laughs> that was the thing. They were like, you're in charge of Malaysia. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It was so fine. Oh, but yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, well, we're sort of coming up to the end of our sort of quick little chat, but like, let's end on... Um, mm-hmm. training before your obviously your CV started stacking up all these wonderful shows. Yeah. Yeah. You went to drama school. You trained for the people you know who are going to drama school now, who are there at the moment. What would you? What's a sort of key piece of advice you would give them? Oh, I actually think this is something I learned after drama school rather than in drama school. Okay. And I wish I'd had this advice before I went. But was like, it's. A, to not be afraid to make mistakes and be rubbish um, because you can make mistakes at drama school and there is no, there's no problem with that. You're never going to go, oh, I'm not going to get that job because I cracked in an audition or whatever because you're in drama school. And I, I, I put loads of pressure on myself to be really good rather than pushing my boundaries to see how far I could go. And I probably came out of drama school not as confident as I maybe should have been because I kept within the safe confines of what I knew I was good at. And actually having worked now and been put in jobs that have pushed me, I've realized that had I done that before, maybe I would have been even further ahead than I am now or or whatever. But basically what I'm trying to say is be brave at drama school because the more you push yourself and the further you push your boundaries, the more confident you're going to be pushing yourself in a work scenario and confidence is key I think when when with this industry um and it took me a couple of years to really nail that um because I used to just panic in auditions all the time yeah and it was it was just a confidence thing so yeah to simplify what that is push your boundaries don't be afraid to make mistakes because that is the safe place to do so because then by the time you leave you're going to really know what you're capable of and who you are and you won't be afraid to make mistakes in the industry as well. Does that make sense? Kelly, that's a that's a lovely, lovely end to the episode. I think that's, yeah, it must be such a sort of pressurising zone. Yeah. But I, that's, you know, I think you're completely right in terms of, you know, make your mistakes there and, you know, and learn from them because... Totally. Yeah. 
Oh, Kelly, well, this has been lovely. Room. I know. It's a delight. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Kelly, this has been really lovely. I think, should we end the episode there? Yeah. Well, you, got, you, got, you, got, you know, you got your flat to clean. The cat to look after. I've got flat to clean. I've got viability to <laughs> find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, yeah, we Kelly. should end there before I say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Bye.